0: John wants, you ready for naked time? I'm ready for naked
1: time. Even though <laughs> Chip gave us some naked time during the aforementioned news around the world, because mm.
2: from Atlanta, home of CNN. That's right. Ladies. Wolf blitzer. 24 seven. He's such a zaddy. Sadie, Wolfie, come to bed. I'll comb your beard with the plastic comb that I got at 7 Eleven. I regret doing that. It's the Whole World Improv Theater podcast, brought to you by Whole World Improv Theater, Atlanta's original home of improv. Here are your hosts artistic director Chip Powell, and a man who's been watching Looney Tunes again. John Mihalik.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to Whole World Improv Theater, the podcast. I'm John Mihalik, and with me, the co host, the artistic director of Whole World Improv Theater. Chip Powell. Hey, John. Hey, Chip. We are continuing meeting some very interesting people.
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed last week because we really got into some hot topics, and I'm hoping that that will happen again this week.
1: Well, let's jump right into it and meet today's guests.
3: I am from the South, so we always start with the ladies. Everyone, I'd like to introduce you to Winnie Clyde Russell.
4: Hello. My name is Winnie Clyde Russell. And I'm from Cedartown, Georgia.
3: Winnie, being from Cedartown and guessing that you're much older, what has been like watching the growth of Cedartown been like for you?
4: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, my husband and I that would be that would be my husband Acton. He's long gone at this point. We started the first Greyhound bus station in Cedartown, Georgia. was sure did. And then my husband Acton, he became a railroad engineer. He was running
1: booze. Amazing! Mm. Wow! All yeah, right. Yeah. So
4: we we we've been around Cedar Town for a long time. We've seen a lot of different changes. Right. Right now there ain't no downtown. It's like a ghost town.
1: I'd like to know real quick for the benefit of our listeners. You know, our hometown here is Atlanta. Where's Cedartown in relation to Atlanta?
4: Oh, it's about an hour and a half northwest going towards Alabama. We're like a suburb of
1: Rome, Georgia. A suburb of Rome, Georgia? Yes,
4: darling. It's beautiful. We got lots of mountains and valleys.
3: On with Winnie Clyde today, we have another gentleman with us. Would you like to introduce yourself?
5: I would love to introduce myself. My name is Ganges, and I would like to, first of all, thank you, Chip and John, for flying me out here today. You must have not done this cheaply because I love Comfort Plus. It is the most comfortable thing, but thank you so much. Let me talk about myself for a minute here. I got my PhD here in the United States at Pennsylvania State University. And I flew in, and that is when I first came to the United States because I could finally afford to. First in my family, thank you. I I do not want to brag, but it is my uh, pride and joy to be the first one here. I do have to point out that I did get my PhD in psychology, and now I have my own practice for 20 years. Wow.
4: I love to fly on an airplane. The first time I ever flew on an airplane was to Fort Lauderdale, Florida.
3: Amazing. And uh, what were the amenities like back then?
4: Oh, they gave us peanuts. I'll never forget it. And I got a cold Coca-Cola.
3: Nice. I think they still (laughs) do that. (laughs)
4: do they?
3: (laughs) Yes, they still do. I
4: haven't been on a plane in a long time. I don't like to fly no more. It hurts my ears.
3: So tell us a little bit about Ganges. 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 Tell us a little bit about your business.
5: Well, I opened my own therapy office about 20 years ago when I finally raised enough money from my working here as a student at Pennsylvania State University. It did not cost a lot back then, but now I go and see many celebrity clients at my office. As you can see, there are many popular ones. For example, the Justin Bieber's like to come and see me for advice on his life. That is why he has had nothing but no troubles in his life. Yes, yes. As well as a Tom Brady. I am the one who convinced him to come back. I am the one. Well, I have to tell you, when you
3: convinced him to come back, you broke up his marriage. So, I mean, have you thought about how
5: that affected his wife? No, because she is not my client. Tom Brady is my client. And I only worry about my clients. And now he has more money. Wow. And no wife. The happiest man I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Well, okay. So where is your business run out of? It is run out of the corner of 14 and Peachtree Street, right here, just around the corner. Wow. And we flew you all the way here.
3: (laughs) That is right. When it comes to uh, Justin Bieber, you know, we know he has other issues that keep him from performing. But what are his main core mental issues?
5: Absolutely. If you do not believe it, but back when he was 14 years old, he used to suffer a little bit from performance anxiety. But now after taking my two-week system course, he is now able to do it with no problem. And now he is married. He is happy because as a controversial to Tom, Justin likes to be married. Your course, what's the cost of that? I charge per income. So for example, Justin Bieber makes millions of dollars. So I charge him $400,000 for the two-week course. But let's say you make $30,000 a year, I would only charge you $200.
3: Well that's amazing. It's affordable. I was about to attack you on the fact that you're overcharging people for therapy, but you actually have turned it around and made it very affordable.
5: Absolutely. Uh, there is not mm-hmm. there is uh, I've seen a lot of poverty in my life and it is important that I think everybody receive mental health advice. And speaking of poverty, Winnie Clyde talk about, you know,
3: Cedartown, it wasn't always a fruitful community. What did you see back in the early days?
4: Oh, back in the early days it was fr- fruitful oh my goodness yes with the greyhound bus station we also had a little diner in the greyhound bus station it was hustler bustle and there were people coming in and going and we were cooking over there make go to grilled cheese and a grits and a waffle and a malt people coming and going into in the cafe at the greyhound bus station but it took a doctor and in the 70s, and we had to close it down, and now nobody, nobody even comes in to see the town no more via the, the Greyhound bus. And the, and the Amtrak don't stop there no more, too. It just goes straight on, straight on, straight on up to Chattanooga. So you can't get nobody coming to see the town no more. Even the, even the, the Dairy Queen closed down. We ain't got no Dairy Queen no more. A and W. We had an A and ain't got no A and W no
1: more. I don't know if anybody has any A and Ws anymore.
4: That's a shame.
1: I don't know. I went to a, when I lived in Michigan. I went to an A and W once, and I actually got sick.
4: Oh, that's too bad. I don't like getting sick. I have a irritable bowels. Oh, really? I do.
1: How do you handle that out in country medicine? I have to assume that you only have country doctors out there.
4: Well, it's just when you got to go, you got to go. It doesn't matter if you're outside working in a garden or if you're inside. You know, John, we do have inside plumbing these days. We didn't back in the, in the old times, but we do now. We do now, so you just do your business when you got to do your business.
1: Hey, um, Ganja. It is Ganjas. Uh, I'm sorry, Ganjas. You alluded to a two-week program. I'm interested in hearing more about your two-week program. What do you cover? uh, How intensive is it? And is there a particular focus of that program?
5: Absolutely. So first, we do three hours a day for two weeks, weekends off. I do not want to stress my clients, but we start off the first day with an orientation. The orientation is to help me customize the rest of the course because every course is tailored to each one of my clients because that is my job, to help them feel better. Now, some of the similarities around the course is describing and being able to accept the issue that the person is dealing with to see what outside impacts are causing these type of issues, as you can see. And three, I always make sure that they have a smile on their face unless I want them to cry.
4: I think that's a wonderful thing to instill in your clients and your friends is to always have a smile on your face. And
3: why would you want someone
5: to cry? Because that is what allows people to express themselves more truthfully. Because I believe when you cry, the tears are your lies leaving your body.
4: Well, I don't, I, I don't mind it when a girl cries, but I do not like it when a man cries. When a man cries, we just, we, I have three boys, you see, and when I, they cry, I slap them across the head and say, get it together.
5: I understand completely. Would you happen to have the number of those boys so I can reach out to them I, I as well? I do,
4: I do, and they love a new friend. They love ganja.
5: Oh, I understand that completely, and it's not the first time I have heard that joke. I can tell you that. What joke? Uh, the joke that you just <laughs> said about the ganja and the ganges. My name is Ganges and Ganja is what people here use to describe the marijuana. Ganges. That is right.
4: It's so nice to meet you, Ganges. You as
3: well. Speaking of ganjas, Winnie Clyde growing up, like back in your day, did you ever partake of any, you know, illegal substances?
4: Illegal substances. I know. Now, I have smoked rabbit tobacco. My sister Bobby and I, we used to just play around in the fields sometimes out behind the house, and daddy always grew some little rabbit tobacco. And one time, my sister Bobby lit herself on fire.
1: Well, you know, that is a danger. You know, you do have open flame. Yeah.
3: But um, you know, I've interviewed you before and in that process I know that Bobby also packs heat. Like she carries a gun.
4: Oh, she is. She is. She's been wronged by a lot of people. And Bobby don't put up with nothing no more. If you if you upset her, you just might get pistol whipped. Wow.
3: <laughs> and is she still in Cedartown as well?
4: No, she's dead.
3: Oh, okay. Well, well that lifestyle will catch it, up to you. It does, I guess, yeah. a lot faster than we thought.
1: Major funding for Whole World Improv Theater, and this episode is provided by the City of Atlanta's Mayor's Office of Cultural Affairs. The Office of Cultural Affairs does a lot of really good things for the arts inside this city. And although they'll never admit it, secretly, we know that whole world is their favorite.
5: Um, Ganges. What is it, John? I'm, I'm curious deep, um, now
1: that you've gotten to sit here and talk with us for, you know, a few minutes. Who among the three of us do you
5: think needs to enroll in your program? That's the thing about my program, John. I never tell people that you have to join. They come to me first. So I guess I will have to push the question back to you and say, which one of you three do you think could benefit most from my program? I could tell you what I think, but first, I would like to hear what the three of you have to say.
1: You want to take this one first, Chip? Well, uh... I'm going to have to say you, John. Oh,
3: okay. Sure. (laughs) Because Winnie Clyde has lived her life. And, uh, you know.
4: The only thing that I need to learn. Would be In a two-week course would be maybe quilting. I would like to learn to quilt.
5: What a beautiful form of art.
4: Thank you, darling. I would love to do that. So if you could teach me something, a, a craft, I would be signing up right now.
5: That is good to hear. But what I do have to say here, John, is that uh, I don't usually give my sessions for free. But if you do not mind, maybe it'd be good for your listeners to experience what it is that I have to offer. If that is all right with you. That is all right. With yeah, us. we'd love yeah, to see absolutely. that. OK, well, first of all, I do have to ask, how are you doing? Uh,
1: you know, I've been a little depressed lately.
5: And talk, talk to me more about that. What, what is causing this type of depression for you? Well,
1: I have a uh, dog. She's going to turn two years old, and I haven't been able to give her enough attention lately. And she sits there, and she just sort of mopes and is depressed, and that's depressing me.
5: Why have you not been able to give the attention to the dog that you wish you could give to that? You know, I just get very busy, and then, you know, the work here at the theater
1: is almost a second job, you know, so...
5: I understand that. And do these not allow you to bring these type of dogs to their type of uh, locations?
1: I would love to bring my dog. You know, she's very cute, very energetic, very friendly. And I, I think she would benefit the theater. But there is a policy that
5: prevents that. That is interesting to know. Now, what I do have to say. Is I understand that you are trying not to make either mad, and by doing so, you are upsetting your dog even more because you are deciding to prioritize the teeter over your own dog, which I presume you see as family. Is done correct? Of course. All dogs are family. Absolutely. Okay. This is something I had to learn when I came here. But yes, you treat dogs as family, and it is important to treat family first especially when they are so young, only being the two years old. Now, some advice I do have to give to you is when you are home. May I ask how much time you spend at home?
1: Oh, I work out of the home. So, yeah, I spend a good amount of time there.
5: That is good to know. So you are spending quite a bit of time with your dog, but it is sad when it comes here. That to me tells me that the dog is suffering from attachment issues and you must train the dog to be okay and independent about living alone. Because you made me believe you were not spending any time. But now that you tell me that you work from home, you are telling me that the dog spent a lot of time with you already. And maybe it is depressed because you spent too much time with the dog. And now when you leave and you come back, it is depressed because you came back. Maybe the problem lies with you and not with the dog. So what you have to do, listen to my, look at me, what you have to do. Is train the dog to be happy in your presence and be independent oh, without needing you, like a cat. But wow, this is am- what you
3: amazing. Need. I mean, that was, thank you. I can see why you make the big bugs with the Bieber. And I did it to you for free. There I, you go, right there,
1: right there. I appreciate that. Yeah.
4: I, I've got a little indigestion.
1: Oh, okay. Um, is there something we can get for you? Um, I think we have a first aid kit somewhere. Oh. <laughs>
3: Wow, that was very insightful. That, you really know. He was. He really broke that down that right. it's it's really your fault. It's all you, John. And I was thinking that already before he even did the analysis. I was like, it's all John. That is true.
5: I am here to tell you the truth. Not to lie to you.
1: Well, no, um, a lot of things are my fault. Just ask my ex-wife. It's kind of easier to state What isn't my fault than what is my fault. Mm. Uh, Winnie Clyde, you got any pets? I do. What you got?
4: I have a horsey and I have a donkey.
3: Wow. That's right. The best friends. You got to be rural.
4: It's Paul and Paulette.
3: Paul and Paulette.
4: Yes. Paulette is the donkey and she thinks she's a horse.
3: Oh, so you have a stable at your home or?
4: They just run out in the backyard.
3: Okay. All right. It's more
4: like a pasture.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Where do they sleep at night? Just
4: under the tree. Under
5: the tree. All right. That's yes. It. That is the best time. I can tell you that. I personally just want to point out that it's so interesting to me that you have that. I personally own a mule. I own a mule because one of my offices in Montana, Uh, Yeah, the office in Montana has a lot of space for these animals. Of course, I only have one mule and some horses as well, because my practices do make a lot of money, like my practice here just around the corner as well. So how many offices do you have total? I have 12 offices around the United States. Wow.
3: And we had to fly you? Don't you already have like flyer miles and whatnot?
5: I will never turn down a free flight. So
3: can you tell us all 12 destinations?
5: Absolutely. I have one here in Atlanta, Georgia. I have one in Ellen, Montana. I have in Milwaukee and Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, let me see. We have the office in New Jersey. We just call it the New Jersey office because it's the only one in that state. We have the one in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We have the one in San Francisco and Los Angeles, California. We have the one in Seattle, Washington. We have the one in, let's see, Portland, Oregon. We have the one in Houston, Texas, and the newest office that we just opened two weeks ago is the one in Chicago, Illinois.
3: Wow, that is amazing.
5: Absolutely. And the one in Chicago, we do have a lot of openings in that office, and both in client and in provider job positions.
4: I love Chicago. I've been there. I've been there, and they have a deep dish pizza. And I'll tell you what, that is enough food for about four families in one pizza pie. That's what they call it up
5: there. That's right. Or one hungry Ganges. ganges. Or one hungry Ganges. That's (laughs) it. I'm there too, yeah. I do
4: love pizza.
5: When I went there to eat the pizza, I went to the, uh, the one, they told me to go to either Illuminati's or Giordano's. I chose to go to Giordano's, and it was such a good experience. It was the second best pizza I have had in my entire life. Um, Illuminati's? That is right. Aren't the
1: Illuminati the lizard people in human form that secretly rule the world? They
4: make so- a mean pizza pie.
5: Do not worry, John. I had the same mistake when I went to Chicago and boy, did I get what you call the full of ear. Because when they told me that, no, it is not Illuminati, it is Lumalnatis, And I said, "Okay, I am so sorry to say your thing wrong, but you cannot even say one thing in my home language. Why are you judging me for saying one thing wrong in yours? But the pizza was delicious. Wow. I think I learned a lot here.
1: I think we both did. So people can have mules as pets. Lizard people make great pizza. (laughs) And um,
3: Justin
4: Bieber doesn't have no more problems.
1: That is correct. And I need further therapy, I guess. So I need to sign up for the two-week course. I think so. Winnie. Yes, darling. Have you ever had um, issues with your mental health? Well, I'll tell you
4: what. My husband just about drove me crazy. My husband acting. Boy, he was something else. He was an ornery bastard. And I tell you, there are times I thought I was just going crazy. I was just going nuts. What they call it now. You know what they call it now? They call it gaslighting. He was a gaslighter. You know what that is?
5: I do know what that is. Will
4: you explain it? Will you explain it for Absolutely.
5: Everyone? Sometimes people like to use lying and gaslighting interchangeably. But I have to tell them that there is a key difference. For example, I do not think I have to describe what lying is. But gaslighting, however, is to make someone's reality seem real when it is a lie. That is what gaslighting is. And it is best described as an example. Let's say a man and a woman are together, right? So the woman tells the man, that his mother and his family does not care about him and she is the only one in his life. When in reality, they do love him and care about him, but she has made sure to cut that communication off and make it seem like the reality is that they do not love him when in reality they do.
4: That sounds a lot like being acting. That is the truth. Wow. Gaslight City.
1: Well, that is wonderful to hear, and we appreciate that you've both been here with us, and we'll be back right after this.
2: If you are looking to enhance your awesomeness and meet sexy new people, you need to take a class at Whole World. We offer a 10-week class for adults at all levels. Whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced improviser, you'll learn the whole world approach to improv and have a blast doing it. I know I did. For students who progress through the advanced class, the entire program culminates with a big, big show. On the legendary Whole World stage, all the actors at our award-winning theater have gone through our class program. And now it's time for you to take the stage. That's right, you, you know you want to get that neuroplasticity going, and gain confidence at the same time. Go to the classes page at wholeworldtheatre.com to register. That's theater spelled with an R-E, because we're fancy.
1: This podcast was supported in part by the Georgia Council for the Arts through the appropriations of the Georgia General Assembly. Georgia Council for the Arts also received support from its partner agency, the National Endowment for the Arts, which means we're on DC's radar. And I'm coming for you, Congress. My dream of being the next Jon Stewart is this much closer. Uh, Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Let's meet the actors behind these characters. Yeah.
3: Right behind Winnie Clyde Russell is our managing director and main stage performer, Emily Riley Russell. Emily, tell us the inspiration for a character like Winnie Clyde Russell.
0: Well, for sure, there is a real person or was a real person um, named Winnie Clyde. That is my husband's Grandmother. But I think uh, Winnie is definitely a grouping of many older Southern women that I loved, loved, loved my grandmother. My grandmother's on both sides. And then, of course, my husband's grandmother. So um, she's a. Winnie Clyde, she likes the finer things in life when it comes to, like, clothing. So I have some beautiful costumes that Winnie Clyde wears that actually belonged to my grandmother. And one of my grandmothers, one of these grandmothers, was also big into costume jewelry. So that's represented. But just the, um, there's a sweetness and a feistiness to Winnie. The real Winnie also was very, uh, I guess, forgetful, or I guess w- had a little bit of dementia at the very end. And she said the funniest things. I've just kind of brought her in to a, with a bunch of different people that I love. Even the stories that Winnie tells, they are true stories. They are real stories.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: She's a, She's a gumbo of love. O- old Southern women that I have loved.
3: Yeah, I think it took, um, when you first introduced her many years ago into the show, it took me a minute to understand the pauses (laughs) that she takes. But I now embrace and love them because they are like the signature of a statement of just stream of consciousness where just one thing comes out random and then you just leave it there hanging and... (laughs) (laughs) first, I didn't understand it, but now I do.
0: Yes. She's got um, things to say, but then she also loses her train of thought. And also very inspired by listening. She's a good listener. She listens to what other people say and tries to connect to it. But her connection of the dots is not exactly um, spot (laughs) on.
3: (laughs) But I do like, too, that there's been times in the show where someone else was asked a question and then your character will stand up and go, my sister, Bobby, had a gun. <laughs> and then you sit back down.
1: And I'm like, what the hell? Something, That's why I say something
0: like, reminded her or something.
1: It's, it's almost like when he's in a different scene. Yeah. Sometime, which is great.
3: Let's meet
1: the man behind Ganges,
3: our performer, Camellio. Hello, Chip. Hello. Just for the
5: viewers. My name is Camilo Duarte. Red, I know.
3: Thank you you, so you always use such fancy Thank names so that my southern ass can't pronounce any of them.
1: <laughs> my
0: southern ass.
3: My southern ass can't pronounce none of them names you say. I will get the next one right next time you're on. All right. Sounds good. You're here to hear, folks. I'm, I'm coming back. You are coming back. You're coming back.
5: So, uh, what's the work behind this? So, Ganges is actually a character I created in college. Um, There was a time where we were experimenting with improvised skits. So instead of doing improv games, we would just kind of come up with a general outline for a skit. And Ganges made his debut for a skit called The Mint Condom. Oh. And Ganges worked at a general store where the main character would be a kind of like a consistent um, client of, of his And they would know each other well, known each other for years. And this client was ready to propose to his girlfriend. So Ganges just said, hey, well, congrats. Here's a mint condom. You never know when it'll come in handy. So the client, we'll just call him Paul, goes to a really fancy date with his girlfriend who hopes to make her his fiance. Lo and behold, just becomes his conscience throughout the whole thing, telling him what to do and kind of his inner thoughts. Kind of just becomes that throughout the whole dinner. He's yelling at him like, pull out the chair for her so she can go and sit down. And like kind of directing him to be a good man and make this work. Um, and it turns out Paul forgot the ring. But what does he have? The mint <laughs> condom. Oh. Exactly. So he gets down on one knee, proposes with the mil- mint condom. The girlfriend, now to become a fiance, is very excited and rolls that condom up her arm, and she says yes. And scene. And I can only imagine what happened after that.
1: <laughs> I'm just sort of thinking that up her arm. I mean, this yeah. was like this was like extra what, a, strength condom. <laughs> extra extra large. Yeah. It's the mint. It's <laughs> it fortifies it.
3: <laughs> I mean, I love the details. You know, that's always, I think, the devil's in the details when it comes to characters. And I always say the more you can take off of, you know, something personal and mm-hmm. or just something you create. Mm-hmm. For me, that is like, it gives me life
5: absolutely and I felt like Ganges was someone too smart to be put in a situation like that I was like what could Ganges really be yeah, so yeah. that subconscious kind of thought kind of made me be, I think he'd be a really good therapist because he yeah, knows what yeah. people need to do
3: oh you psychoanalyzed the hell out of John and
1: <laughs> I mean I was like
3: damn that,
1: that's not an easy feat
3: it's not <laughs> the military mind is hard to break that's right <laughs> So
1: where do you see this
3: character in the future, like, you know, moving forward? Like, it seems pretty solid. I haven't seen it in
5: our shows that I recall. No, so I haven't actually used him at Whole World yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly because when I want to play a character, I usually, instead of like Mm -hmm. a character I've used, I kind of create one on the spot that I think fits within the scene. That's just the way I've, I've, I've been doing characters kind of since I've started. But for Ganges, it would have to be something where it's kind of like I'd say, like a like oh. a hip or not, or like a, yeah. an advice panel, I think it'd be great for. I just haven't used them yet. Emotherapist.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. I could totally write for this character. One hundred percent. I was
5: thinking that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where I'm just kind of since I'm still I've been here just a little over a year now. Yeah. So now I'm definitely more comfortable than I was at first. Um so at well, first you I you just... actually rolled in during a pandemic yeah. when we were trying to do <laughs> things online. So yeah.
3: you've actually grown a lot. I mean, I think the demeanor of this character already shows an emotional range Mm -hmm. within its interviewing process of the client, which would, you know, like I said, Mm -hmm. when we do things like this, I'm always thinking of how do I write this person? in Mm -hmm. Because we've done several characters already, and it's always interesting to me because it gets my brain moving in a way of like, how can I use this in a show, Mm -hmm.
1: right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I want to thank you both for being here today. And I also want to thank Chip for being here today and my you. excellent co-host. I appreciate you. And, and get that therapy. And maybe I need a dog therapist too. Maybe we need like a dog human group therapy session.
3: I think an afternoon with Winnie Cloud
1: Russell would do your dog real good with the donkey and the horse. <laughs> Actually, she shows herding tendencies. So maybe...
4: Come on. Come on up to Cedar Town and bring your... Little doggy friend, <laughs> that's right. A little fresh and see the town, Georgia, do you good?
1: All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, and we will be back next week with more wonderful characters from Whole World Improv Theater. And until then, scene.
2: Thanks for listening to the Whole World Improv Theater podcast. Now with a fresh new lemony scent. The Whole World Improv Podcast is a production of Whole World Improv Theater in association with Headspace Industries. The executive producer, writer, and servant in the place of truth is Chip Powell. The other producer, writer, whatever, is John Michalik. Huh? Ooh, that is ominous. <sighs> the voiceover booth here isn't set up yet, and so I'm, I'm kind of pulling some strings And I'm huddled underneath a giant comforter, and it's probably uh, about 120 degrees under here. And big old sweat droplet dropped right on what I'm reading, and right on the H of Mihalik. I don't know what it means. probably means that we're both sweaty people, John. Original music by The Gentle Readers, and our social media maven is Bethany Rowe. Please help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and leaving us a review. And use emojis. It's fun watching John try to figure out what they are. Eggplant donut, eggplant donut, eggplant donut, bagel. What's the difference between a bagel and a donut in the euphemism world? Write in and let us know. Or peach. Whole World Improv Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit theater. Please support by donating at our website, wholeworldtheater.com, And remember, it's tax deductible. It's easier than lying about the size of your home office. Oh, man, that's another one that hit really close to home. But I've only really lived in 600 square feet ever. At most. So it's negligible. All right, IRS, you have won. By far, you win. You win. Just take my life. Additional writing and voiceover from me. Kate. Hello. And I'm now officially drenched in sweat from head to toe. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week.
0: Hot damn. <laughs>
1: Your reality is mm-hmm. not the reality. Of <laughs> the real. All right, let's come back from Zip.